Hello and welcome again to Fat Free Film. I'm your host, Joel Marshall, and we are sitting here outside the National Association of Broadcasters on, on the curb, and I'm lucky enough to be here with Richard Bluck. Richard Bluck, who is Peter Jackson, he's worked a lot with Peter Jackson, he's the um, was the second unit cin cinematographer, DP, on Lord of the Rings, all the Lord of the Rings series, uh, is that right? Yeah, I was one of many second unit cameramen, but um, yeah, I worked, I worked on it from the beginning right through to the end. And then uh, I did uh, second unit on King Kong, and I've shot a lot of um, miniatures and visual effects stuff for um, Lord of the Rings and King Kong. So, uh, and I've, I've just I, and last year I shot an independent feature called Black Sheep, which is about to uh, be screened in New Zealand and uh, no, really? sorry, in the United States on starting somewhere around about June the twenty second. And where's it being screen, screened? Screen. Well, I don't know. It's being released by the um, Weinstein Company. So oh, it's, wow. Um, and it's a comedy horror about um, mutant, genetically mutant sheep. Terrific. Who directed <laughs> that film? Did you direct that film? <laughs> no, no. Uh, I was the DP. It's directed by a um, New Zealand director called Jonathan King. He's uh, uh, both, both wrote it and directed it and uh, co-produced it. And he's... Uh, yeah, he's really good. He's an up-and-coming talent. Well, I was lucky enough to run into Richard when I was in the red camera booth here. They've just come out with this camera on the website. You'll be able to see some information about that. Um, but he was this, the DP on this short film that they made using this camera. I guess two of these cameras. Yeah. Which I just saw this film, and it was stunning. Uh, Peter Jackson directed it, I take it? Yeah, Peter wrote it and um, directed it, yeah. And um, co-produced it with Jim and Caro and Bran and all the people that are part of um, Winged Up Films. And was this done just to test out this this particular camera? I believe, and I, I look, I, I came in in the cinematographer, I believe Peter, uh, Peter as a filmmaker is always... Um, being really passionate about independent filmmaking and Wingnut Films as a company has always supported independent filmmaking and I think he saw what Jim and the Red Team were doing and was quite fascinated with what they what they were trying to achieve um, and uh, he thought it would be a great idea if they wanted to have uh, to do a camera test whether if they brought it down to New Zealand and um, he could have a play um, I think most people thought that probably meant that we might do some, you know, resolution tests and uh, put some blue screen up and green screen and check it out and see what the camera really looked like. But Peter's idea was that he had a, 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 an idea he wanted to, um, to uh, of, for a short film that he wanted to actually make. Um, he dreamed it up, explained it to us. And we went out and in a, re in a reasonably hectic production um, for two uh, two days and we shot about three hours on the third day. We shot an 11 minute short. Um, and that's probably not really describing it all that well when you actually see it. No, it's really something else. I had expected, because I had gone to other screenings of the red camera, just a, a demo screening that was in Santa Monica. And they showed, you know, some ladies out uh, blowing bubbles or something or you know outside that, um, 
pumping gas or doing some strange things and it was just kind of test shots and it was it was really stunning to look at as far as the quality of the the HD but th you really didn't get an idea of what you could do in a, in, if you were going to make an actual narrative film this however um, this, this, this really kind something. of reverses the whole thing it basically it it's um, it's a narrative film that is a secondary thing is about what the camera can actually do um, I mean we didn't actually we didn't treat it like a camera test we basically set out to shoot Peter's idea and to um, fulfill the, um, the the script and the ideas that he wanted to actually put forward so um, as a secondary thing we had a camera and it happened to be the red camera and it happened to be new and probably happened to be the first time it was actually blown in a helicopter, put on a rem remote head on a crane, put on a steady cam, handheld, on a dolly, had earth chucked at it, um, worked in incredibly dusty conditions, um, and sort of on it goes. Any, everything and anything that would be associated with making uh, a full feature in the, you know, the real movie-making world. And how did it fare? I, I think it actually did um, really well. It was a prototype, so it, it, it had issues, but issues that uh, almost all of them had already been dealt with, and the cameras that, while we were using Boris and Natasha, um, were, being still, were being created back in LA in time for the CNAV. So um, on the one hand, you see what Boris and Natasha made in the screening room, and they're in a nice case, retired for the time being, uh, and uh, and sitting out are some reasonably interesting looking working models of what the red camera is. Our, our, our camera basically was the body and it had a um, plug that you could put the power into, um, it had a one button that you used to start the um, hard drive and it was um, it ran 24 frames per second in a 180 degree shutter. That was that was what we could do with it. <laughs> and did you use any of this apparatus, this rigging that uh, comes with it, or did you design they hadn't, your own? They hadn't actually. Um, they they were still building their rigging, though we had actually seen pictures of it. So um, I've got a really fantastic team of grips and camera assistants and lighting crew, and the grips built, machined up and uh, a sort of a similar kind of affair. Um, we basically had a, the, the, uh, the red team arrived with the cameras on Wednesday night. We had, Thursday, we had Wednesday night and Thursday to do what we had to do. Um, everyone did a fantastic job. Uh, and then Thursday night we traveled um, to the location, which was about two hours away. Um, in Masterton and in the... We've got some loud things going on out here. <laughs> um, in Masterton in New Zealand and we shot, um, we shot, started at 5.30 the next morning and shot for two days. And then we had a, we had a, about two or three hours before um, the red guys got back on a plane and flew back to um, LA. And how, how much data do you think you shot? I mean... We, we apparently shot 500 gigabytes. Um, and it's a compressed format, so it's about six hours of footage. 
Wow. <laughs> that was quick. Um, so tell me, how did you start working with Peter Jackson, and what's um, that been like? Uh, I've worked on and off with Peter so over a number of years. Um, I was a Steadicam operator and worked with him um, as an operator on some of his films, and I uh, shot some second unit with him on, on a project. Um, I, would, I started off as the A camera operator on, and Steadicam operator on Lord of the Rings. Uh, about a third of the way in, <clears throat> it was obvious that there was need for a, an another unit. There was already an A unit, a B unit, a C unit, a miniature unit. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, we, um, and they created another unit which I went and DP'd which was um, fantastic, I really really enjoyed it. And I worked with a variety of people on that, um, the writers, the producer, Peter, all kinds of people came in and worked and work with us. Um, <clears throat> and then I shot, um, in the ensuring years when there was a lot of additional photography that went on, I worked um, uh, either shooting second unit or miniatures on, um, on things like that. Um, Alex, Funky, Alex Funky was the main miniature DP but there was such a huge amount of work. You know, Peter, his, his thing was to shoot um, real footage, uh, miniature footage and um, the CG world but and, and mix them so that everybody, that they just blended all together and they became a seamless kind of whole. So shots would have you know live actors in the foreground, miniatures in the in the in the back, in the midground, and um, and digital um, <coughs> map paintings or animation or whatever it is in the background or in the foreground. <coughs> Very clever way of mixing all the all the elements. Sort of, um, so the reality is created, you know, as as a. Um, as a sort of a seamless um, world. Now, technology was changing at such a high rate of speed, and still is, mm. but during the shooting of that, those three <coughs> films, um, how do you handle that kind of technology changing while you're shooting and plan for that kind of thing? Uh, there, are, there were a number of very clever people who were brought in to actually do it. Um, they upped the ante all the time, you know, and uh, uh, the approach was always that we have, you know, this is a huge project that we can actually achieve. Um, we just got to work out what's the best way to go about actually achieving it. And people took huge leaps of faith that what they were doing. And I suppose you'd have to say that Peter took the biggest leap of faith of all, of all that he could. Um, I don't actually think that he probably thought it was a leap of faith at all. I think he probably had complete um, uh, uh, understanding of what was going on. But you know. It, Everybody had to step up to the mark and actually do their job, and um, that was the exciting thing about it. Yeah, I must say, early on, when I was looking at the uh, Lord of the Rings website, when they first came on, I, I saw some of the, they had still footage from the set, and it looked a little worrisome. Like, I was looking at, you know, pictures of orcs and things like that, and I was like, wow, I don't know if that's going to look real when it came out, and obviously it was incredible. It would be far beyond a lot, you know, everybody's expectations. Um, but were you? Did you feel nervous about it at all any time during the shooting of it? Um, <coughs> uh, no, I, no, not really. I mean, it was a project that everybody became passionately involved in, you know. And I don't think anyone thought 
that it could be anything but something that would be achieved. I don't think anyone understood it would be quite the success it, uh, it, it was, but it, it had, a, um, it had a, a feeling about it that it was actually going to do something and was going to go somewhere. So. Do you have a lot of um, time to test things? Like if, you come, if you're going to take on something that maybe you haven't done before uh, and you're working on a project of that size, do you have a testing ground to do that kind of thing before you go into the actual shooting? Or how do you handle that kind of thing? Um, they, they do a lot of testing. You know, there's various people who are involved in it. Um, uh, we try, but it, it, there's always there's always an element of that everything's growing faster than some ways that you can actually uh, then you can actually keep a, a constant track on it. Um, and a lot of a lot of stuff, you know, there's an you have to have an intuition that you actually know that you're going to be able to do it, or that you are going on the right track. I mean, it's um, I, you know, and, and with this with the red camera, we didn't we didn't really get a chance on the day that we had it, apart from building things, to actually look at it and test it, to look at um, you know establish exactly what it was actually doing to us. So we actually worked on, on we we got a feeling about what it was looking like and how it was actually going. Um, you know, everything that we did with it was, uh, you know, we'd shoot some stuff on it, we took it down to Park Road and it was a new system so everybody had to look at it and then had to decide how it actually worked and how it, it integrated into their system. Um, <clears throat> uh, Red was still, you know, it was still in development stage for them so, um, so we, when we started to shoot it was like, okay, well we have to actually decide how we're actually going to approach this and we just have to actually believe that what we're doing is the right thing, and um, you know, I don't know. I suppose it comes from from actually doing, it, having done it before with it in other situations. But you, you, we established from our point of view as cinematographers. There was another cinematographer, James Cowley, who did the aerial stuff and <coughs> some of this second camera ground stuff. Um, but we decided what we were rating it at 250 ASA. We were, um, we, we, we established what we thought was the latitude of it, which was, um, and in consultation with the red guys, we, we, we had about nine stops on the cap prototypes that we had, and I believe the, the new ones have got um, a bigger range. Could yeah. you explain that stops for so people that might not know? Basically, from from um, like myself, from, <laughs> <laughs> from um, the point of from black to pe to to white, to, you know, um, that's the stops is the is the amount of latitude that the film, or in this case the digital camera, will record. So if you had a, a meter and you looked at something that was white and you looked at something that was black, um, then <clears throat> and they were in different lighting situations, then there's sort of nine stops of latitude that you, I don't know whether that explains it all that well, but... Is nine, <coughs> is nine a lot? Um, nine, is, nine is more than you get, like on video, it's not as much as film. Um, How many does film have? <coughs> film sits around about uh, 12 or something like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, depending upon the stock, depending upon what you've done with it. Um, it it's, uh, but, but film also, um, th this camera runs a linear, um, uh, linear system so that, you know, black, when it becomes black is black, white is white. Is white. Um, and everything in between is on a linear line. Uh, on film stock, as you get closer to white, 
the, the knee cuts in and it actually starts to um, curve off the exposure in, in the in the white so and that creates a much uh, and the softer look that film has the sort of the more organic feel as the, as the as the you know the emulsion the chemical reaction in the emulsion actually starts to um, change the what's actually being recorded so it's recording it slightly differently <coughs> this camera <coughs> Is more um, is more digital in that sense, but in actual fact, in post, we tried to roll off those ins and outs, so um, it, it it creates something more of a film look. And I think we're I think we're closer to a film look. But but the thing I believe is that digital digital is is its own um, has its own look, and it's as relevant as film is. I love I love film, and I'm with this camera. I'm beginning to like digital. Have you? Did you shoot um, digitally on your last film, or was it like no? We film? shot film, yeah. <clears throat> but um, and, and I mean, you know, but all the projects that that I'm looking at the moment, or a lot of the projects, especially the more independent ones, you know, digital is is um, is a choice, is a really strong choice for them because it it allows them to actually go out there and do something in a much um, cheaper way um, <clears throat> and with the red I think the red camera that's gonna that's a whole revolution in itself because what where red sit in the <coughs> in the pricing marketplace is that they're producing a camera which is actually on the high can do the high end of the market but they're actually charging a significant 17,000 yeah, it's, yeah. it's really quite yeah, amazing yeah so they actually you know um, <coughs> Uh, putting it in a whole different price range and making it available to independent filmmakers uh, who have a chance to take their idea and probably realize it a lot easier than they than you would and also there are lenses that they've developed is that right um. they're developing their own set of lenses which are also again priced incredibly um, uh, reasonably um, they they have a zoom going at the moment in the 300 mil, and there's a set of primes that they're about to um, release sometime. I'm not quite sure. I don't know mm -hmm. the details of all of that kind of stuff. But <clears throat> uh, and they look as I've met the guys who are actually do it, who are designing them. They're fantastic people. So uh, hopefully that'll be part of the revolution. Terrific. Hey, thanks for uh, coming out here and sitting on the curb with me here in Las Vegas. <laughs> it's been a little bit loud, but uh, you know, I think we kind of got our message across. And uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for being our guest.